This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, that's overrated. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. So this week we're going to be killing some sacred cows. Uh, Some thoughts for you. Uh, The original Bill Murray comedies, well, Bill Murray wasn't really that funny. Star Wars was kind of boring, and GoldenEye 64 looks like it was built in Minecraft. And sure, Woody Woodpecker cartoons were funny in their day, but patting a woman on her ass at work and calling her sweetie was too. We've all moved on. So this week, we're going to take a cold, hard look at all the things we've elevated into legendary status and to ask, are these things really any good? And we're back to the Magnificently Huge podcast. So happy to be with you all again. Are you? Are you really happy? Or are you just yeah. saying that? I'm doing it for the fans, basically. That's why <laughs> I show up every week. I'm in it for the money. So both of you are in it for the non-existent thing. Brian, are you the one who's in it for the pussy? Because like, one of us has to be yeah. in it for the pussy, and the other for the money, and the other just for the art. Yeah, I, I did it all for the nookie. I did it all for the nookie. Come on, the nookie. Come on, so you can take that cookie and stick it up your yeah. Stick it up your yeah. Stick it up your yeah. Is this a Limp Biscuit song? I'm confused. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh. So, um, hey everybody. Uh, my name is Brian, and over there... This is Chris. Is, is Chris. And over there... I'm Eric. And together, we are the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Enough intros. What have you guys been doing? What have you been up to? Anything interesting? I'm moving. Work. So much work. Yeah, I've been working from home all week because the office is getting remodeled, and it's been uh, disorienting. I'm not one of those. I thought they just didn't want that plague that you seem to have. No, no, that that was just a coincidence. I'm actually better, Okay, but the the voice thing is... uh, it's hard to rebound from that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm one of the few people that apparently doesn't enjoy working from home. I don't know why. No, me neither. It's awful. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Because just everything's a distraction, and you don't yeah. really want to work. And it's uh, awful. Yeah. I don't get how people do it. Yeah, I don't either. So more power. You have to ultimately blend your entire life. Like, home <laughs> and work are all just one big thing, and yeah. you're always at work, and you're always not at work. Yeah. And you just kind of adapt. It's like Schrodinger's cat. You feel cat. like there's a sense of shame if you're not, like, in that moment doing something productive. Yeah. When you're probably being just as lazy as you are in your office. <laughs> yeah. So it's been weird. So that's, uh, that's my bougie complaint for the week. You're welcome. Yay! Should we get on some fresh shit? This shit is fresh! Oh, shit, that is fresh. This stuff is really fresh! Okay, mine's super fast, so I'll just jam through it. Uh, I watched on Netflix Dave Chappelle's specials Equanimity and The Bird Revelation, and just hilarious. He, he, is, he has figured out stand-up comedy. Seriously. Are these the ones that are getting all the flack for him uh, t- speaking out against cancel culture? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, here it goes. Uh, duh. Hey, duh. If you do anything wrong in your life, duh, and I find out about it, I'm going to try to take everything away from you. And I don't care what I find out. It could be today, tomorrow, 15, 20 years from now. If I find out, you're fucking duh finished. Who, who's that? That's you. That's what the audience sounds like to me. And he's right. I mean, there is there's a line and we we're not addressing it fairly. He, 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 he what he says basically is that Weinstein, the whole Weinstein thing, that's dead. That's wrong. That's awful. The Louis C.K. thing is not the same. And but he does it funny, you know? I mean, <laughs> well, I don't know. You describe it very funny. So hmm. I'm not going to try and dis- yeah. you know, beat Dave Chappelle at his comedy game. I mean, yeah, that's that's a bad idea. It's probably the a other good move. Uh, thing. That, that's I also watched- appropriation. If you do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he goes into. Oh, well, no. OK. Since you mentioned that, I will transition <laughs> to uh, Bill. Bill Burr has a special on Netflix, Paper Tiger. And in that he. He does. He he has some of the same material on um, Me Too and how some of it goes too far. But he also has a whole thing on cultural appropriation that's fucking hilarious because he's watching does, does a documentary he, on Elvis with his wife who's black. And so does he steal Dave like, Chappelle's act though, or no? No. Oh no no okay. no! It's completely different. But <laughs> but it is a, this hilarious moment where he's like, okay, I'm not getting in trouble. Because, you know, it's not because she's black and I'm white. It's because she's a woman. It's like, it's like that, that's, you know, the, the other, um, I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's not a racial thing. It's a, a sexist thing. And I see, this is why I don't try and describe the joke because it's not funny. I can't, I can't make it funny. (laughs) Yeah. You got to watch it special. If it bends, if it bends, that's funny. If it breaks, that's not funny. That's the truism. Yeah. Uh huh. So just a lot of comedy specials on the Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, I find I really don't like watching movies anymore. I can't. I can't sit through a movie and go, "Oh yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I give a fuck." But oh, I did watch one movie, and it was. But it wasn't a new one. Uh, you remember Poseidon? The the uh uh. uh, uh uh, the, the Wolfgang Peterson remake of <laughs> yeah with Kurt Russell and Josh Lucas and it's it is hilarious. I mean these the, it is just so awesome watching watching filmmakers try and make me care about people's personal stories when like hundreds of thousands of people have been drowned, electrocuted, and or burned to death. But some of the deaths are really great, and that's why I watch. Um, also, since we're going to be going on a cruise in a few months, I want to get ready. And um, I know Brian doesn't have the same sense of humor about this that the hell I do. What is wrong with but- you? <laughs> <laughs> well, might I recommend Speed 2 uh, next? Why don't you? Oh, mm. but yeah, but a lot of people don't die. That's a not disaster movie. That's just. <clears throat> okay. That, that's just, you know, substituting a ship for a bus. No, I, I, I'm going to watch 2012 again for the little bit of ship disaster they do. Yeah, it's the little, but, uh, it's the little joys. 
Yeah. It really is. Oh, yeah. God, lots of death in this. <laughs> I, I don't know why it got such uh, poor reviews. It, it's, it's, it's really violent. Anyway, that's what I did. That's amazing. <laughs> so you just watch comedy on Netflix. That's it. Comedy and disaster. Okay. Yeah. Brian usually has like uh, a whole lot of stuff, so let's let him yeah. air, air it out, man. All right. So my Netflix uh, show for this week, have you guys stumbled across Hyperdrive yet? No. Uh, no. Hyperdrive is on Netflix. It's American Ninja Warrior for cars. All right. It's like they set up this big old track in like a, an old power plant or a mill or something and force all these drivers to uh, drift and, and stuff through it. And they've got like ludicrous obstacles that they have they have to like steer the cars through or over are these drivers who are actually like like stunt driver level oh yeah or are they just regular people in cars going eek no no these i mean so charlize theron is one of the producers and basically she knows a bunch of the the stunt guys from fast and furious and this is that kind of person so some of these people uh-huh. are trying to get a gig like i want to be a stunt driver for the movies and i'm like the number one drifter in brazil or some shit and mm-hmm. uh and so yeah, there's there's one guy I like this guy is a is a great heel for this kind of show because he has a Lamborghini and the thing about a Lamborghini is it's an all-wheel drive and it's not supposed to be able to drift, but he's modified his Lamborghini so that he can flip it to two-wheel or, or four-wheel transmission <laughs> and drift That's a Lamborghini. Awesome. As one does. He's like, not only do I have enough money for a Lamborghini, I've done all this shit to it, and I'm willing to drift it like into these targets and slam it into stuff. Um, just, you know, so you just want to hate this guy because fuck you for having that. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm i'm I, I pulled it up and i'm looking at the preview now it looks dope but yeah i mean as brain garbage goes i'm finding it very entertaining okay um so that's hyperdrive and then uh i've been playing a video game been playing uh the latest game from remedy entertainment makers of alan wake and quantum break this thing is called control control is set in you're this woman who infiltrates the federal bureau of control and the federal bureau of control is a brutalist architecture it's like the most oppressive it's like every building in every college campus you've ever been in right it's like functional concrete 70s late 60s early 70s vibes um just Flyers super oppressive um <laughs> yeah. But this this building is being invaded by paranormal beings from another dimension. It's basically a third-person shooter where you also have superpowers and you can like um yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? You've got basically you can, an Akio spell, right? Like you can you can pull stuff to you and chuck it at people. Um there's so much physics in this game. It actually feels kind of like Half-Life 2. It reminds me of Half-Life 2 in a lot of ways. A lot of physics stuff. Huh. Um, a lot of, you know, paranormal stuff and a lot of, like, paranoia stuff. It, it's, uh, according to the reviews, it runs like shit on a base level Xbox One or PlayStation 4. Like, you need one of the, the, the Pro or the Xbox One X to get, uh, acceptable frame rates, and even then it kind of stutters. Um, so it's, 
It's not for everybody, I guess, but I've been enjoying it. I don't, Do you think I don't they usually make games find games like with getting their hooks into me. Do you think they make games like this so they can say, see, you need to buy the next-gen console that'll come out next year. You, you actually don't have a choice. See, this is why. No, it, it runs on the older consoles. It, I mean, like I said, the frame rate drops on the powerful consoles. It's just unoptimized. It, like, needs some work. Uh. <laughs> but it's really fun and really trippy, and there's, you know, there's alternate dimension stuff that's that, uh, my cup of tea, where things stop being spatially coherent and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a fun game. You know, call it 8 out of 10. Third-person shooter with, uh, like, telekinesis and shit. At any point oh. in time, does it hit the... Uh the standard that you have where a real dragon wouldn't do that? Um, I think they could go further with it. I think they might have had that conversation too often where they were like, <laughs> yeah, but a real dragon wouldn't do that. Yeah. So let's not, let's not be imaginative in that way. And I feel like they could have, I think they could have been more insane with this game. The ads make it look like it's a bit more insane than it really is. Well, that's so. just marketing. Yeah, but they sold me insane, and yeah. that's what I want. Well, yeah, I get it. Damn it. Maybe you should watch more Hyperdrive. You wanted insane, but they gave you control. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, okay, finally, um, so, been doing some 80s movies at the Alamo Draft House, and as a result, inadvertently went to a essentially a Corey Feldman double feature ooh, ooh. in which I, <sighs> I have recently seen both The Goonies and The Lost Boys in the theater. Oh, damn. No. I thought you were going to say you saw Dream a Little Dream and I was going to pat you no, on the back. No, I was going to say that. I was, <laughs> or License that to Drive. License to yeah. Drive. Neither, right? like, neither. Because okay. that would be a Corey Corey double Feldman. That would be a, yeah, a that, quadruple that, be a qua- Corey. A, a quad Corey. Now, Corey Haim is in uh, Lost Boys, but yeah. he is not in The Goonies. Yeah. Well, if you Both saw... of these movies yeah. I had seen once in the theaters when they were originally released, and then I didn't really feel a need to see them again, and I've revisited them, and I still feel that way. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Goonies is never my cup of tea, but Lost Boys is, uh, it's just, it suffers from way too much Joel, Joel schumacher you know, it's just mm. the day is orange, the night is blue. Uh, so, it's just ridiculous. The Lost Boys, as it turns out, The Lost Boys is a movie aimed directly at 13-year-old boys. Yeah. Right? Like, it's cool for 13-year-old boys. Now, I was older than that when it came out, so it didn't land for me. But yeah, it's it's a kid's movie, really. It's a kid's vampire movie, really. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like something wicked this way come, but with vampires. Because yeah, it's the bit. kids who know and nobody will believe them. I like that. Which t- is a movie everybody should see. Yeah. That's a cable classic. Yeah, something wicked this way becomes better movie than The Lost Boys. The the good thing about The Lost Boys was it was a movie party, which meant that people were willing to be silly with it. And there was this woman in the back row who like obviously loves this movie for its camp value and she was just having at it so like every time anybody say anything she'd just be like yeah right on you know just like full full out you know there's a, there's a scene where the grandpa is looking for some aftershaves you got something you know that that, that might work like after she saves she goes there's some windex over there get it you know and then the grandpa gets the windex and puts you know so that made it kind of fun 
she was trying to rocky horror oh yeah well no she was just no she was just rooting for all of it like you know when keith or sutherland gets killed and he's doing his death scene she's like oh you know (laughs) so (laughs) she's just being overly sincere about the whole thing it was great i like that Um, uh the the head vampire is uh edward herman who was in uh Who's the Munster? Mr. Munster. Mr. Munster. Fred Munster. Yeah, whatever. No, 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 no. Edward Herman, he was the dad in Gilmore Girls. And uh, he also did a lot of voice work for the the History Channel. So anytime (laughs) one of those History Channel things comes on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's a vampire. (laughs) Herman Munster, played by Uh, Fred Gwynn. Okay, I fucked up. Sorry, go ahead. uh, But anytime one of those (laughs) History Channel things comes on that he's narrating, all I can think of is the Lost Boys. It's just a weird connection. So anytime one of those is on, my wife and I are just going, oh, hey, it's the head vampire right on. Let's do it. <laughs> but but can we talk about the Goonies for a minute here? Because while the Lost Boys oh, is please, aimed at let's. 13-year-olds, who the hell is the Goonies for? It is inappropriate for absolutely everyone. It is... It, it, what the hell, Goonies? Yeah. It's from the, um, the writer of Gremlins and the director of Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Uh, it, it's And the producer of E.T. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those 80s movies where there's lots of kids who swear. Um, you know, the, the Goonies stars Short Round and Samwise Gamgee and Thanos and Pepsi and uh, some brand of ice cream that I, I can't remember because the product placement in this and Domino's Pizza those yeah, are the stars yeah. of the Goonies um, and Peter Davi don't don't bury the lead Robert Davi <laughs> Robert Davi yeah. yeah Robert Davi and Joe Patoliano yeah. and Joey Pants Joey Pants <laughs> and then uh, and then Owen's yeah, mom. There's no reason anyone should see this fucking yeah. movie. I hated it when I saw it as a kid. Yeah, I did not get the deal. It's, but then again, I also hate Steven Spielberg, and I always have. Yeah. Well, it's it's basically a Scooby Doo movie. I mean, down to like the the character who loses their glasses and they get broken. You know, there's basically a Fred and a Daphne and a Velma and a Scooby mm-hmm. in this thing. Um. I remember actually when I saw it going like once they get to the end and they get to the ship and they do get to the I'm like, wait a minute. How do they get out? I mean, aren't they like now like 200 feet underground and like a million miles? How are they getting out of there? Do they actually (laughs) not? Is there a door? They're not. They have to go back through all that junk. I. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a good. Uh, It's great. It's amazing. (laughs) And and speaking of your me too thing. So. Um, the, the Daphne character in this thing, you know, she's, she's hanging out with Thanos instead of the, the guy that was hitting on her because he was a creep because he was using the rearview mirror to look up her skirt, which they point the camera right up this girl's skirt. Right. And, and, you know, at one point she's, she's talking about how she shouldn't be there. And she's like, he was trying to look at my skirt. There's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly normal. I'm 16. How many years do I really have left before my body just goes? You know, and yeah. it's like, what the fuck, movie? <laughs> well, here's the, the kicker. This will tie everything into a nice little bow. Uh, is that that's Carrie Green, who was the uh, co-star in the movie Lucas with Corey Haim. She was the object of his affection in that movie, and Goonies is the one she's in with Corey Feldman. So, there's your your connection. Uh. 
then she's the one who's not Winona Ryder. Yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I sat through those. Um, clickbait, I hope. Goonies, Lost Boys, look at them hashtags. <laughs> yeah. Bring it on, everybody. And, uh, I was actually saying, if for all you uh, millennials who want to know what Thanos looked like when he was young and hot, get yourself some Goonies. Yeah. He looked like Thanos. He just looks like I've, Thanos. There's a, and there's Sam a couple- Wise Gamgee looks like Sam Wise Gamgee. Like, well, yeah. That's all they are. Well, a couple years ago... Uh, he he did a Halloween costume. I guess he posted it on Facebook or Instagram, but he basically dressed himself up as his character from the Goonies. So he had like the sweatpants and the cutoff t-shirt and the headband and he was doing That's like cool. The, and it was like his Halloween costume and he looked exactly the same. It was so stupid. That's uh, cool, actually. Yeah. Come on. So good on you, Josh Brolin. Yeah. All right. So Chris, give us some give us some fresh shit. Uh I don't have any real fresh shit. I did start watching the the new Dark Crystal thing, Age of Resistance on the right. on the Netflix. What you make of that? Hey. I just I just got a news alert. Rick Ocasek died? <laughs> yeah. Rick Ocasek and Eddie Money. Yeah. Way to steal my Our thunder, Eddie. Eric. Yeah, but Rick Ocasek died. Yeah. I just got that. Huh. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we can <laughs> Um. Yeah, what can I say about the Dark Crystal Age Dark of Resistance? Crystal. It's uh, it's paced just as amazingly as the Dark Crystal movie. Uh, so kudos <laughs> to it. Uh, it plays like a weird. It's like if Game of Thrones were done by Jerry Anderson's Thunderbirds, because it's just <laughs> like, like very established lore and mythology and this land and all these clans but it's these weird freaking puppets it's just sort of yeah. disconcerting it's like i took it as a lord of the rings myself yeah, yeah it's the same thing uh you know it's just this fantasy realm but it's just it's weird puppets and the gelflings freak me out because their faces don't really move and right. they look like burn which victims is, which is like accurate to the original movie the gelfling puppets never worked Right, like yeah, it's yeah. Just, they don't. Every other puppet is like genius, and then the Gelflings are like an afterthought or something. Yeah, so it's just it's just weird watching them do their thing, and then there's like a very heavy-handed thing about the one percent controlling everybody else at all costs, kind of a thing. Mm. Uh, the Skeksis. <laughs> mm. uh, so it's just you know, it's it's weird. But the freakiest thing out of it though is the guy that's directing him at least the first couple episodes is Louis Leterrier who did the Transporter movies he did Incredible Hulk he did that Clash of the Titans remake it's like he's got a very oddball career this guy so I'm looking back going man this is just that's a weird notch in your uh, your filmography (laughs) to to go from does whatever the fuck he wants yeah to go from the Transporter to puppets you know but I guess Jason Statham is kind of a puppet, so it really makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You know, the, this Dark Crystal show, though, it does give me hope that they will eventually make a Netflix show of Meet the Feebles. Because oh, it's Christ. the same. Yeah. It's like we've got cartoons. We had one movie that was genius that nobody got. Yeah. So make another show of that. Yeah. Did you hear that That'd they're letting Kevin great. Smith make a new He-Man series that is a sequel to the 80s He-Man series? <laughs> yeah. I did yeah, not hear that. What? Why? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Okie dokie. Maybe, cool uh, yeah. maybe he'll get uh, Jay and Silent Bob in there. 
Wouldn't that be something? There's only so much geek culture anyone can take. Yeah. I know He-Man I've had my He-Man was never fill. good. He-Man has always sucked. What? Uh, anyway. <laughs> but there are people who were geeky for He-Man. You know, it's like, that was almost like, okay, real geeks liked comic books. Their younger brothers who wanted to be geeks like their older brothers, they liked He-Man. Yeah. Well, say what you mm-hmm. will, they had that really, like, freaking cool, like, whip action on their waist so you could turn their torso and then it would whip back and hit whatever that was hours of fun on those yeah i'm just saying yeah i'm just saying he man was was responsible for them creating a whole line of star wars toys that had taken steroids and had like like super ripped muscles it was like that whole todd mcfarlane period of time where every character suddenly became like like remember that one uh, short in the heavy metal movie where the guy gets all ripped? It's like every yeah. every character and and cartoon character and action figure became that guy. Yeah. in the late eighties. <laughs> so what, what's funny though is that yeah, all those tropes are matched in the He Man cartoon, except his lieutenant, his friend, whatever the man at arms. He's got like. Yeah, and he, it's like, okay, he fits, except he's got that uh, L.A. cop cum-catcher mustache that in <laughs> no way has anything to do with this universe. Well, it's it, like, that. why is that there? Well, it matches his helmet, which looks sort of like the head of a circumcised penis, so it all fits. <laughs> so, you know, what are you going to do? It's a really poorly designed show. <laughs> so, so tell us more about the Dark Crystal again. <laughs> Yeah, I got nothing else. Uh, I'm I'm only a couple episodes in, so we'll see if I can write it all the way to the end. But it's uh, it's a chore. It's uh, it's paced very languidly, so uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, Yeah. All right. That yeah. It's I know that's a really solid stamp of approval. But you know, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. This is this is what we do on the Fresh Shit. It's like, well, it's a thing you can watch. Go watch (laughs) it. Yeah, yeah. and I'm watching it. All right. What's our topic this week, Eric? That's overrated. Uh, A study of things that everyone says are good, but I think we all know they aren't. I mean, they're certainly not as good as everybody says. People go nuts over these things, these movies, games, whatever. And they're held up on a pedestal as being great, but... They're like the pumpkin spice of movies. Yeah, it's like they were better than (laughs) everything that was out, but they're not great. Okay, uh, as an example, uh, the, the original Nintendo Game Boy. Yes, it was a revolution. You could carry the thing around. You couldn't do that before and have cartridged games, but it was a dot matrix black and white screen that had music like beep, 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 beep. It was still crap. And I think at the time we knew it was crap. Yeah. And that better was coming, but this is crap. I, I never... So the thing about Game Boy, I, I'll just say this. Um, there was a point where at Factor 5 we got the dev kits for the Nintendo DS... And the Sony PSP, the the first PlayStation Portable, which was basically mm-hmm. a portable PlayStation Two, we got those in, in the same week, and we're comparing them. And the, and the 3DS was just garbage. It was basically a PS One, and the PSP is like a PS Two with this beautiful screen. And I I'm sitting there going, well, DS stands for doomed system, but <laughs> I forgot one. the one cardinal rule of portable gaming, which is nobody fucks with Game Boy. Game Boy has beaten 
all comers every time so you know the game gear the links the you know the psp anybody who comes out with a superior portable system and game boy or its progenitors just knock it into the ground i don't know why i'm not and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I guess, discounting that because, like I say, they, all the other Game Boys were really, are, are and were really great. And they had great programmers for those games. They had a lot of good third-party support. And, of course, like any Nintendo system, it's the best and only place to play Nintendo games. Yeah, but that's the main thing. That first one, it's like, of course it was a hit because the game was Tetris and you don't need it to look good. Yeah. Right? But... That's, Any other game I ever played on that, I was like, oh, this is woefully uh, inadequate. Well, you yep. know, I was always shocked when I found out that there were other games besides Tetris for the Game Boy, because Tetris <laughs> was the only thing that I ever played on it, because it's the only thing that yeah. was worth a shit on the Game Boy. So, You'd be yeah. amazed what they put on it. The, they put Mortal Kombat on the Game Boy. Oh, good Lord. That thing had two buttons yeah. and one color. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And then they came out with the Game Boy Color because you know that it, which is ex- exactly what it says—the exact same goddamn thing, but with like a, 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 a sort of a palette. But the games are just still as crap. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great thing. It and I only brought this up as an example. Like, and it's there, yeah, there are and it's a solid other, example other examples you wanted to raise. Yeah, like I would have—I mean, one of the runners up in my list was going to be the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Again, yeah, it was great yeah. at its time because everything else was shit. But we've all said before, when we had 2600s, we were more impressed by the box art. We'd look at the box art and go, yeah, that's the game I wanted to play. Well, this the 20, is like the 2600. It was an art- artifact of its time. Like at that point in time, it I mean, it didn't have the best graphics, but it had the snappiest controls. It was cheaper. You know, it was, mm-hmm. I mean, and it was just an amazing thing that you could even play video games on your TV set. You know, that was just a, yeah. like, whoa. Uh, we have a whole episode about the 2600, by the way. Go to our website, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maghuge.com, and go find the OG original gamer episode. All kinds of Atari stuff there. It's a- and we're really, really funny. Yeah, We're, like, entertaining as shit on that show. It's a very <laughs> early show as well. It's not overrated at all. <laughs> no um but yeah but it's like i guess that's that's kind of where i'm going with this idea yeah okay in its time it may have been you know it may have been groundbreaking but the first iphone is still a pretty fucking amazing thing that's true despite what uh, uh cell phones have done since a lot of these things that we say oh, they're groundbreaking yeah they're groundbreaking but i think i think we always knew they were subpar Oh, see, I, when mm. I when you pitched the show, I wasn't thinking from that standpoint, like it was groundbreaking and now it's not. I was thinking more. It's mm-hmm. just everybody lost their minds over this thing and it was never good. And it's I call that groundbreaking. That I'm gonna, works. Yeah, okay. I'm going I'm going in that direction, too. OK, yeah. All right. Well, well, I'm going to throw one out there that's I'm going to throw one out that's not going to be uh, very popular with general audiences, I don't think. And this is based on my test runs at work and other social activities with people that I'm not really very familiar with. Uh, I do not like and have never liked the American version of The Office. I don't think it's any good. (laughs) I don't think it's funny. 
Uh, I think it's just uh, cringeworthy and kind of sad the way all those characters interact. And I say this to people, and they look at me like I've just ripped out their eyeballs. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to sit this out because I'll admit I've never watched either version of The Office. So uh, the, the English version I haven't seen in years, but I watched that obviously before the, the American remake came out. And I liked it, but it's definitely one of those like Eric hates where it's just every episode makes you go, don't know, don't do it. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. And it does it very well. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I hate be- that shit. But because it's a British program, they had sense enough to cut it off after two short series runs. Whereas the American Office ran for like eight seasons or something. Oh god! Uh, and it just I, I even by all accounts, reading reviews of the show, it ran out of steam uh, after about five or six seasons, and especially what? after Carell left, uh, what, they didn't what know do you what to do. Suppose is the average amount of time somebody spends at any one job. And is it longer than the run of The Office? Ah, uh, depends on who you ask. I've had I'd say you're runs. pretty lucky if you can, like, hold out in one office for eight years. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, so, yeah. I just, uh, it, it, I've never found it funny. I've found all the characters relatively annoying. And what little I have watched, I've just not made it through, typically. But I think I'll for admit, me... I'll admit, I've watched the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but... I, at the same time, I watched the whole thing because there was nothing else on. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's one of those early streaming things. It's like, oh, okay, I'll get into this. Yeah. And you're right. You're absolutely right. It, 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 it started out incredibly lame and very derivative of the British show. Yeah. Uh, they stole whole episodes. Uh, it never had the same sort of darkness that the British one had. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was almost a creepy rom-com there, but... It has its moments, but yeah, it's nowhere yeah. near the the genius everyone says it is. Well, I think for me, it's just it started that whole trend of doing shows like fake documentaries, you know. So it's the single camera, and then that mm-hmm. brings into I. Anytime I watch it now, I know that's the premise, and to carry that out over eight seasons is just preposterous. A, uh, but B, mm-hmm. when I watch it, knowing that they're actors playing characters who are in this documentary, I start thinking about this thing called the Hawthorne effect, which is basically when a subject knows it's being watched, it will act differently. Uh, so then you start looking mm-hmm. at, at the show going, well, how would these people act if they didn't realize that they were being watched? Would they be the same mm-hmm. characters? I'm like, I, that to me would be a better show, but they'd, they'd probably spend a lot of time just surfing the internet yeah, at their desk. Basically. Or yeah. Home. Or, uh, yeah. you know, or beating Dwight Schrute to death in the parking lot with a baseball bat, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. So I actually always I was annoyed at the final season. They actually the crew filming them ends up, you know, they the two of them end up as characters on there uh, and part of their whole. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's a little late for that. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're, they've already sort of subsumed themselves into these people's lives for seven seasons and we've never questioned it. Yeah. And now so yeah so i'm just gonna go on record and uh and say i don't get it uh, i know people love it it's on tv in perpetuity at this stage but uh i just i don't get it so that's can my I say, as a can i say as a side note then but a related one i don't think mindy kaling is that funny no and maybe that's why the I, show doesn't work because she was one of the main writers from the get-go 
So I don't, yeah. I don't know. Her her recent it's, movie star turn with Emma Thompson wasn't very funny either. Uh, whatever that was called, mm, I've already forgotten it. It's interesting. It's, yeah, I I think she's the perfect choice for that goofy sci-fi movie where she was you know, I don't know, some kind of angel goddess thing next to Oprah because she's Oprah funny, you know? It's like, it's like, like kind of cute, but kind of whatever and not entirely actually funny. Yeah. And I guess that's The Office. Well, yeah, I lumped The Office in with something like Friends where it was like a huge cultural touchstone thing uh, mm. and I just never thought it was funny. Friends or The mm. Office. I mean, it's just like, what? It, basically, it's just something that's on TV that, that gets a good marketing push, and then everybody sort of latches on. I mean, I every show ultimately ends up being a soap opera, and it's whether you care about the characters or not, right? Yeah. And it seems like you just don't care about these characters. No, not in, in the least. So, mm. thank you for letting me get that off of my chest. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Appreciate I, I never liked uh, uh, Seinfeld. I, I've enough. watched a couple episodes, and I go... Uh, these people just make me feel icky, and I'm not laughing. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. What? 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 Don't you like, Eric? <laughs> I I tell you what. I've I was looking around, and you know, I was everything I I, I picked up felt like it was a little too easy. You know. Yeah. Give us a list of the easy targets, though. I think we ran across a couple. Oh, I well, I did. Uh, yeah. The Game Boy, the twenty six hundred, the uh, um, the Oove of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of what we discuss on this show regularly. Yeah. Uh, but the one I kept coming back to because I was like, oh, this will ruffle some feathers, and that's always fun. <laughs> the Godfather. Really? Oh, the here Godfather we go. Here we go. is not the greatest goddamn film ever made. I'm sorry, it's not. It, it's like, it's good, it's, but it's not like the the number of films you you have to say it's better than is alarming. Yeah, uh, you know it's 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 a gangster film where uh, the gangsters are played by actual Italians for once. It's a step above what the genre was doing up to that point, but it's it's not that good. Now, basically, it's just a melodrama disguised as a gangster movie. That's really so. Yeah. Is this another thing that was good at the time and has been surpassed, or was it not good? I mean, it's something. How, that how did you feel about it as an infant, Eric? Uh, oh, that's <laughs> yeah, a whole when you watched it from the, the womb. Yeah. Have Have we discussed that? Haven't yeah, I your dad you made you that? watch it every year because Italians. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it it yeah it freaked me out. I'm sensing um, maybe that's why you have an issue with it. I don't hate it. I'm just saying it's not better than Fanny and Alexander. It's not better than Eight and a Half. It's not better than R- Rashomon. Well, I mean, there are like, well, there's a whole universe of cinema out there. Well, let's throw it in just <laughs> to the realm of gangster movies. Uh, is it better than Goodfellas? Uh, I don't think Goodfellas is that good. Okay. You know what I think the best one out of all of them is? Uh, Casino. Really? That one yeah. always falls flat for me. Oh, well. Yeah. And, you know, again, maybe it, it's down to taste, but my, yeah, my, my thing with Godfather it has less to do with the movie and more to do with everyone saying this is the greatest film, you know, full stop. Yeah. Well, so what I keep hearing is that it's Godfather part two. That's really the great one. 
And they're both kind of necessary because it's the same story. It's it's a lot of stuff they couldn't fit into one from the book. Uh, it's a lot of the uh, the 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 God, damn it! I my my mind went. My mind is a blank. But there's there's a whole Italian family that was famous in the 16th century that they're copying. They made a TV show about them as well. I'm stupid. Um, I hate my head. I lost it. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's like it's copying from a lot of sources. It's so it's if you don't know any of this stuff, yeah, it's original. But um, okay. So eh. Godfather, not all it's cracked up to be. Not all, not that good. Old words. I mean, it's good. Yeah, just not that good. What we're saying is it's not the greatest movie ever made. Period. Full stop. Yeah, I'd say if you think Godfather is the greatest film ever made, you need to watch a few more films. That's all. <laughs> or you just need to watch The Freshman with Marlon Brando and Matthew Broderick. A vastly superior... That is the greatest <laughs> film ever made, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. It, 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 it. Yeah. Yeah. Honeymoon in Vegas does not rise to uh, the occasion of that film, but... Damn close. Well, yeah. The bar, it's high. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> now, Brian... It's, it's, it's Rifkin's world. We're just living oh, in it. So, yeah. I want to give the setup to mine. Um, Do it, because you, you, oh, yeah. uh, you are also pushing some buttons if you're calling yeah, out the one I think I know you're I'm gonna. Out. I know I'm going to push some buttons here, but I'm telling you, and the reason I want to give you my setup is because I felt this way from the start. So... 1990, cast your mind back to 1990. Um, at mm. that time, I am managing at a movie theater, and um, we get the trailer, and we get the trailer for Terminator 2. And oh, God, thank you. Yes. This trailer goes in, <laughs> and I'm watching it from the projection booth, so I can't quite really see what I'm, what I'm looking at. And the first time I see it, you know, and now there are two. Same make. Same model. Mission. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. Terminator 2. And I'm like, oh shit, there's two Arnolds, and Arnold's gonna beat the shit out of Arnold? That'll be awesome. Yeah, it's, and it's then like I a. Go see the movie. Yeah, it's like a cyborg um, version of Patty Duke. Yeah. <laughs> They're cousins, <laughs> identical cousins. Yeah. And what we and actually this is from get. from a time, incidentally, when, when previews did not have. Brom. Like they do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, they all had the, the, the cue from Aliens instead. But anyway, um, okay, so let's go to see the movie, and I'm like, I can't wait to watch evil Arnold and good Arnold throw down, right? How are they going to pull that off? And then we get <laughs> Robert Patrick as the T-1000, and everything about the T-1000 fucking sucks. It sucked in 1990, <laughs> and it sucks today, and I hate the T-1000 and everything it did to Terminator. So, let's start with the, I mean, the only reason it is what it is is they had the water tentacle from the abyss, and James Cameron thought of a few gags that he could do with CG and a couple identical twins, and um, and at the time, okay, I guess, sure, that was groundbreaking. But at the time, it broke, for me, it broke the concept of the Terminator, which is, here is a cyborg. It's a robot. It's got skin so that it can infiltrate, but, you know, it, and it's really tough, but it makes 
sense if you can accept that time travel exists, right? Yeah. The T-1000 can be melted down to its component little puddles of mercury that are sentient in some way and reform into form this shape-shifting thing that has no endoskeleton and no central processor and nothing that makes any goddamn sense at all. It's just a shape-shifting puddle of goo. It's not a Terminator. It sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, another, another, another thing on along those lines. All of the uh, Terminator movies that come after that, the bad guy Terminator is nowhere near ad- as advanced. Yeah, and that thing they could, put like, endoskeletons in all of them after the that, or and be unseen. And well, that didn't work. Okay, let's let's uh, send the chick with the arm that has like a choppy chop hand. That's <laughs> that's worse. Yeah. Yeah, now now all the Terminators have endoskeletons and the T-1000 goo on the outside of them, or I guess yeah. in the trailer for this new one, they've got Tony Stark's nanotech armor or some shit, but you know what? Just give me a Terminator. Just put a robot with some skin on it, and you're good. I mean, the original Terminator is a full-stop classic action movie. It is, like, possibly it's right up there with commando and it's just like the quintessential 80s action movie for me in a lot of ways and terminator 2 okay there's a few good scenes i love the whole concept of sarah connor is treated like a complete loony and nobody believes her and she's the only one who knows what's up and every you know like the way they treated her character is cool there's for uh, for me that's the the whole chase scene with the truck well, for me, the whole selling point is what they did with Sarah Connor. Because in the first one, she's yeah. basically damsel in distress uh, through the whole thing. And in this one, Cameron just made her just a total badass. And it, yeah, and yeah. it fit. And she embodies that role. And it's she's the, she's the engine of that movie. And so without her, it doesn't work. Uh, I still like it. Uh, I'm not its staunchest defender because of things like you have mentioned and Edward Furlong as John Connor. I just want him yeah. to fucking go away. He it's sucks. like you're so pointless to this entire enterprise. Just shut up, <laughs> and, you know? And yeah, no, he's a bad boy rock and roller, and without <laughs> him, we don't have that Guns N' Roses song. Yeah, whatever. You know, you know what he is. <laughs> he's 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 the. The newspaper delivery boy from Better Off Dead being given an action film. Yeah, He's basically. $2. Yeah, yeah. Cash. <laughs> right. I want my two dollars. My two dollars. Right. So he sucks. The T one thousand sucks. The threat from the T one thousand sucks. And then they take the coolest character, the Terminator himself, and they try to make the Terminator likable. They neuter him and give him catchphrases. <clears throat> it's sort and of make like him. I know why you cry. Hey, fuck you! You're a Terminator. Yeah. Be a Terminator. You know what Arr. it reminds me of? It reminds me of when Timothy Dalton took over James Bond, and they tried to make him uh, less of a bastard and more human, more yeah. hu- and like you know they had the Leventures, but also because it was like the the era of AIDS, and they were, they wanted to like not make him such a man whore that they tweaked it and it just feels off it's the same thing with this it's like you can't put a terminator in the movie and then give him programming where he can't terminate it just at some point you're like okay that's a one-trick pony move on next you know yeah can i say uh, as far as the terminator series after after 
all of these attempts to go back and, I don't know, stop whatever they're trying to stop, they need to have one final movie where they send a fucking battalion of Terminators to kill everybody. (laughs) Because obviously, when you send one, it doesn't goddamn work. And don't tell me that, you know, you don't have enough time machines. You have a time machine. Yeah, really. You can go get more time machines. You could really just Uh, do like an assembly line. when. Right, and when if and when that doesn't work, you need a final scene where the computer goes, ah, fuck it, and then that's it. Because obviously, this isn't working. <laughs> no, you need <laughs> yeah. this. It's a flawed concept. No, you need the very <laughs> end where the computer just goes, "Thank you, Doctor Falcone. Now we play a game." <laughs> So yeah, I know a lot of people think it's the best action movie of the '90s, and I'm just, <sighs> I'm just here it's, to say I wasn't feeling it at the time. It's good, but it's I think the original Terminator mops the floor with Terminator Two. I, yeah, I, yeah, it's probably the best one outside of the first one, certainly because they made a lot of Terminators after that, and I yeah. think they all looked at the second one and said, "See, yep. good enough works," and they all suck. Yeah, yeah. So that's well, mine. Well, I do have a movie as well, and this one uh, sort of struck me uh, pretty quickly after we had finished our pitch meeting. Uh, and I'm just going to say, because it sets up as usually one of the top, if not the top, choices for sports movies by most people, uh, but Rocky is not a good movie. It was never a good movie. I don't understand how it won Best Picture. I don't understand yeah. why people still love it. It is cliched. It's a fucking on the water, waterfront Capra Kazan wannabe. It's just it's irritating. Nothing happens in the entire goddamn movie. Even the fight at the end is not exciting at all. I don't get Rocky there. And then when you go to the sequels, it just becomes increasingly cartoonish. Like, that's Stallone's go-to yeah. move. Like, First Blood, good movie, but then you get to First Blood Part 2, and then suddenly it's like, boom, instant cartoon. I don't understand why he does that. So basically, what? Stallone movies are Money. good when he loses at the end? <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Either I, way. I, I think it's funny that the new Rambo is Last Blood. It's kind of a version of the joke from years ago where we were like, Die Hard 9, die already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, plus Last Blood is basically just uh, Billy Jack, from what I can tell. It's just come on, you can't even do a, a, a plot line that's original. You got to steal something <laughs> from another '70s revenge flick. Yeah. Well, and I like how you know. So they they came back and they made Creed a few years ago, yeah. and um, you know, and they kind of rebooted Rocky and made and remade Rocky with Apollo Creed's kid, and then they immediately come in and and Stallone fuck it all up by bringing in like Yvonne Drago and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the I hell? Have kid too. Yeah. <laughs> but I like to. Th- uh, yeah, but even the fact that even in this this world that he's created for Rocky, uh, he felt it necessary to turn Rocky into Mick by the time yeah. Creed happens. Yeah. You know, it's like so yeah. basically just. You're you're just recycling the tropes that you recycled in the very first one. Only you're taking that role now because you're too old to be the fighter. It's just ah, it's so irritating, so irritating. Yeah, and there would be a certain logic in saying, okay, these films all chart the course of my life. You know, uh, learning, rising up, succeeding, middle age, old age. You know, being a widower, losing kids, all that stuff, and. 
ending with passing it on to a next generation. There's there's a kind of a sense to it, at least, but that's all broken once you make a Creed 2. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, no, that you, at some point you have a coda. I'm sorry. You, 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 it's over and you die. That's all. Yeah. I just, uh, but watching Rocky recently, uh, it struck me. It's like, that was like 1976. So then I did the math and I'm like, so by 1985, uh, he's... American hero, he's fighting Drago in Russia for the very soul of Western civilization. I'm like, how do you get from this little tiny low budget drama to that just overblown ridiculousness? It just boggles my mind. I well, guess you got to go, go through from Mr. 1976 T. 1976 to 1985. <laughs> yeah, and I guess so. That'll do it. I guess so. Um, I go with my original answer cash. Yeah. <laughs> Bing. So, yeah. So I, yeah. so I just wanted to push that button as well, because uh, definitely not the best sports yeah, movie. Yeah, no arguments so, at all. Good job. I was When you said when you said everyone lauds this is the best sports movie, I was like, oh no, don't say anything bad about Bull Durham. But no, you... <laughs> <laughs> no, even his baseball movies, Bull Durham's not the best one, but whatever. It's funny. I like it. I, I, I like it, but you know, if you're going to go baseball movies, you're going to have to do Bad News Bears or nothing, in my opinion. Oh, why don't we do a show on baseball yeah, movies? Yeah, why don't we? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we know nothing about baseball. Because <laughs> we'd have to watch baseball movies? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'd have to answer the eternal question. Why does everyone in America have a hard-on for this boring, boring sport? You know what? Baseball's overrated. There, yeah, I said yeah. There, you did say it. Baseball. You know what, you know what else is overrated? Football. Uh, Football's mm, overrated. Yeah. 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 I don't want to yeah. watch a sport where they do three seconds of work and then stand around for ten minutes before they do three seconds of work. That's well, not a sport I mean, to me. at least people get beat up doing it. You know, baseball, they're standing around. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like golf with people trying to yeah. catch the ball. And golf is by <laughs> definition boring. Yeah. Uh, are sports just categorically boring? Or, yeah. Yeah. Hockey. Yeah. Hockey's good. I like hockey. Basketball works better on TV than it does in person. Uh, are there any yeah. are there any overrated sports games you can think of since we can tie this in? Like is Madden? Video Madden? games? I mean yeah. at this point there's basically one sports game for every sport um that anybody plays, so it's kind of whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Were there yeah, any I good sp- when EA came out with EA's roller fucking, that was really <laughs> beyond the pale. It's like who plays this sport? Nobody. 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 Uh, any other buttons you want to push, Brian? Because you had a really good one there with T two. No, oh, that was all I came came prepared with today. Uh, okay, you don't want to piss too many people off, I guess. That's I just a good didn't want to put a I lot got, of effort. I got into another it. one. <laughs> Go, Eric. James Bond movies. James Bond movies are wicked overrated. He's now a superhero. It's it's laughable. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Casino Royale for a lot of us was oh thank Christ they're gonna start giving us the Bond we've wanted and then for they did a long time and then they didn't yeah 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 and then it just it it faltered and it and then faltered he fought Ivan Drago and yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well it's yeah fun. and it became it became Marvel's James Bond well it was a superhero and not anything that could actually happen. And I bring this up because this week I also watched Never Say Never Again, a film that when I was a kid I hated, and I thought, oh, God, this is so bleh. And 
just it's like a budget right. James Bond. Yeah. I watch it as an adult and I go, no, this is a much better film than any of the Bond films they made in the 80s. So you think Never Say Never Again is better than Thunderball, the movie that it's basically a remake of? No, no, in the 80s. Although he's Bond saying films he's saying that the they 80s. had a point when they made it, which was we can do better than the official James Bond people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Than the ones they're making now. Yeah. I, I think the Connery ones, yeah, they are all exactly right. That's what I think we all sort of signed up for. And then it got weird. Yeah. Which is funny because uh, Diamonds Are Forever was on the other night and I was watching that. And uh, it's Connery's, well, before Never Say Never Again is supposedly his swan song. Uh, and he looks old and tired in that one. It's so funny mm-hmm. to watch. It's sort of like watching Roger Moore wheeze his way through View to a Kill. It's just like, <laughs> you needed to quit like four movies ago, man, because you just look tired. Yeah. You have way too many cigarettes and way too many martinis. <laughs> just hang it Can up. Can I say, I, I saw A View to a Kill in the theaters when I was a kid. And when I was a kid, I was like, at the end, when he's yeah. in the... The shower with Tanya Roberts. I was like, oh, no, no, that's grandpa. Uh, yeah, just yeah. Tuck her in. Don't yeah, go it's, here. It's, yeah, it's I, mean, I, I had I the same bad reaction. Hey, you yeah. know what? Um, if you if you go to our website, maghuge.com, you can find all our old episodes, including, I think it was episode three of this podcast. We're on, this is like 105, but episode three mm. Was uh, probably sounds worse quality wise, probably overrated episode three, uh, but but that's a whole episode about I think it's called No Mr. Bond I Expect You to Suck, and it's us talking about James Bond for the whole show I think, yeah. and I'm much like we have been just shit. now, yeah, much like now, <laughs> and unlike all of those 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 fuckers trying to take your money, we don't have a Patreon that we're going to make you sign up not for yet. To hear our old show. Well, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute, can, yeah. maybe whoa, whoa. maybe we'll by the time you're listening to this, we, we set one up. Sold out yet? Is yeah, what I'm saying. <laughs> what we're saying is we haven't figured out how to make any money off of this thing. Um, but we, we do want you to rate the podcast and we do want you to share the podcast, uh, with your friends on your social feeds. And, uh, that way we also don't get money. And then, um, since we don't have a Patreon, we want you to help us make this more popular so we can sell out. There you go. Counting on you. We don't have Patreon because there's no point. So help us build the audience so we can make a Patreon and beg you for money every show. Until then. And sell you mattresses. Subscribe to us on Twitter. We're at MagHuge. Or and, go and, like our and go Facebook to, page. Yeah, and go, go to Twitter. And uh, and when you can get us over the hump of 500 uh, followers, y- you'll get something. How's that? Quid pro quo. Oh, really? Yeah, tell your friends. Yeah. Try that. Yeah. Just tell your friends. Say, hey, I listened to these you know, these three morons talk about movies. And uh, fuck it. Yeah. Check it it's out. They don't show. like anything. They say it's about something. And then they talk about other stuff for like a half an hour. And then the <laughs> stuff they're talking about is stuff they don't really like. Yeah, that's our show. Check us out every week. We're here. Almost every week. Most weeks. Most weeks. Unless we're not. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, We've even got our website, maghuge.com. Links and stuff. And then uh, like wherever you find podcasts is what I'm guessing. Yeah, which are all pretty much overrated. (laughs) Yeah, podcasts are overrated. (laughs) 